0: Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You're listening on EWTN Radio or St. Gabriel Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimite and I'm joined here in studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Brad Pierrot. Yes, sir. Good to have you. Good to be here. And Brad, we have uh, the man, the myth, the legend, a great missionary for the church, Devin Shod. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The high
2: fives were like a (laughs) thing. you, You were way way too hyper. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting excited already.
1: (laughs) I remember the first time we met Devin, uh, it was over a, a call, and when I got off the call, I was like, Man, that that guy and I are drinking the same Kool Aid. Like, I just feel like we were like in step with each yeah. other spiritually, th- like theologically. Like, it was just a fun mm-hmm. conversation. I'm excited for this conversation yeah. today. You've got a heart that just loves the Lord with with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And mm-hmm. so, it's going to be an incredible show. If you're jo- joining us for the first time, Beyond Damascus is all about allowing that Damascus moment, that encounter with Jesus Christ, to to f- flow into, to overflow into mission, right? Like St. Paul, as he encountered Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, he didn't just stop there. It wasn't like, hey, I got me and Jesus now, and I can (laughs) sip my coffee and write in my prayer journal. Everything's good for my comfort kingdom. But instead, that encounter with Jesus led him into a life (laughs) of mission. And as we'll discover on this episode and all of our episodes, that mission looks unique and different (laughs) for everyone. But the key is that we are called to a life of mission that flows forth from this daily encounter with Jesus Christ. And that encounter starts in prayer, which is really exciting. Brad, do you want to open us in prayer? I can, yeah. In the name of the
2: Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Lord, thank you so much for the gift of this day. Thank you for the opportunity to come here and to discuss what it means to be a missionary for your glory. We pray, Lord, that all the words that we would speak today would be from you, that we could wrestle with concepts that would bless the church and that would further her and her pursuit of you. So, Lord, thank you um, for the gift of Devin and for the gift of his ministry. Thank you for the gift of masculinity and all the plans you have to use that as part of the Mm -hmm. church. Um, Lord, we love you. We praise you. And it's in your mighty name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen in the name of the, the father and the son and the holy, holy spirit.
1: spirit. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Okay, so we had a missionary prayer together this morning which was pretty fun and one of our missionaries Anthony was he shared that word um, uh, that uh, to to live by faith not by sight mm-hmm. and he gave this cool imagery of stepping um, if if Jesus asked us to step off of a cliff, like right, yeah. what, what is it that it, we parents always ask their kids? Well, if so and so asked you to jump off a cliff, would you do it? And He's like, well, if Jesus asked us to jump off a cliff, would we do it? And the answer probably should be yes because it's Jesus. And and so I did a personal activation during prayer where I was like, okay, I'm just gonna like uh, step off the cliff and just like mm-hmm. give my life in abandonment to the Lord, and it was wild because. Prayer like the morning like you know, sometimes you enter into prayer and there's a lot of emotions and other times you enter into prayer there's not a lot of emotions and there wasn't many emotions this morning and uh but after I did that activation I stepped forward and it was like the yeah. Holy Spirit like fell on me and it was like, as if like, I was like, you know, like resting, like getting taken out in the spirit. But it was like, I felt literally my body felt like it was like, whoosh, like just falling down on the cliff. And I think that's the spiritual adventure that we get to live as Catholics. Devin, Mm -hmm. it was your first time joining us as a missionary body this morning for prayer. Uh, I got to ask, what, what'd you think of the morning?
3: Fantastic. Yeah. Spirit filled, uh, young men, young women loving the Lord, high power, high energy, Mm -hmm. But I love that too, you know, and I think I was in a different place, like while he was saying that and while we were praising the Lord, um, I just rested because this jumping off Mm. the cliff where I want to land is in the father's arms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. where I have the most strength is in his embrace. And, you know, if uh, if my faith is reason and I'm at the top of the building, it's burning down. I know Mm -hmm. I've got to jump, right? But reason has to turn into faith where I'm jumping into the rescue worker's arms, right? Mm -hmm. And that's God. He wants us to jump into his arms because, frankly,
2: if we're not dependent on him, we can do nothing.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Brad, what
2: was the Lord speaking to you this morning? Man, so much. I actually was really blessed by the exact same analogy. I I think I was um, taken into how complicated we can make things sometimes when it's actually really simple. That, that sometimes in the name of like wanting to follow Jesus, I come up with all of these, um, I don't know, equations that I wanna solve, or I, I, all these problems that I wanna solve. And the real question day to day is, am I saying yes to him today? Am I saying yes to Jesus today? Am I following him today? Have I listened to him today? Is he the one that's leading my life today? If those answers are yes, then all the other complicated matters, again, not that we don't tend to those, but they all become much more minuscule, you know. Like, like what really matters day in and day out is: am am I submitting my life to the Lord? And in that abandonment is adventure. And I, I know that we're going to get into this when we talk um, a little bit about fatherhood, masculinity, all that stuff today. But like, what else would you want in life besides adventure? Do you want to be bored? Mm-hmm. Like, what if I told you, you know, it's that idea of like the book of your life. Um, and I, I think this will be where I cap it, but. I was thinking actually as Anthony was saying that of like the idea that like I don't want to know what I don't know sometimes. That like if someone was to give me a book of my life and were like were to tell me that it's all written in there and you can read as much of it as you want. You can go all the way to the end. I don't think I'd flip it past the page of today. Yeah, Maybe. I might like flirt with a couple additional pages but I don't want to know, yeah. right? Like, because yeah. there's something about adventure. Yeah, no there's spoiler like, made, alerts in the God. Yeah, I don't of God. think so. Well, <laughs> we're like, well, well, yeah, I mean, besides the one at the very end. Like yeah, hopefully I end Jesus up Christ in the victory. Victory. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I end up in the the the, the uh, what the uh, litany of saints. But again, I I think there's something to that. That I want to live life in the Lord. I want to live life saying yes to Him and let the adventure come from that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. The um, So this is exciting today. We're going to talk just a, a, a little bit about um, Devin, how the Lord has worked in your life and how he's called you to a life of mission and particularly the mission that's on your heart in the, the uh, I, mean, I mentioned the, in the card, but just that you, you're like, I feel like you're a prophet to the masculine church, right? Or the uh, um, a prophet to the church today to, to remind us of who we're called to be as men and as fathers. And. So mm-hmm. why don't, before we get into the the word that you have for the church and the w- word the Lord's put on your heart for the church, why don't we get into like, how did you encounter Jesus? And mm-hmm. what was that? Uh, when was it? What happened? And and how did you ultimately make Jesus Lord of your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow.
3: Awesome. Uh, so as a young guy, deeply wounded, um, I had a terrible relationship with my mom. My dad was, they're both of them great people, terrible relationship with my mom. Dad was busy working, so really not connected with him. And out of that grew some severe wounds. Then I was beat up a lot as a kid. I had Hmm. huge buck teeth that you could eat corn through a picket fence. You know, Brad always beat kids up too. Jeez, he's that bully. I was just the kid who's always picked on. The kid who didn't know me when I was a kid. (laughs) So, so out of that, like, and then I think also we weren't really even middle class. We always had less, um, and so out of that grew like self-reliance. And, mm-hmm. you know, self-reliance mm-hmm. can lead to self-hatred, mm-hmm. as Monsignor Esif says. So when we are relying mm-hmm. on ourselves and we do good, we say, oh, it's God,
1: but yep. mm-hmm. we're patting ourselves mm-hmm. on the back. Mm-hmm. But when
3: we do bad, then we hate ourselves. We say, mm-hmm. oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's proof of self-reliance is when we're down on ourselves when we yeah. don't do well. Mm-hmm. Well, so self-reliance led to self-hatred. I end up becoming a thief, um, pretty much good professional thief, um, um, womanizer, partier. I got into a lot of different things to try to fill that woundedness. Mm-hmm. And then...
1: I don't I, think I've ever met a professional thief. This yeah, is where... I
3: was, <laughs> I was pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Like where I just did it pretty consistently. And, mm-hmm. and uh, um, yeah, I just, it was sad. I mean, yeah. I worked for an employer where I, uh, yeah, embezzled a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but what was beautiful after my conversion, I should, I should, I'll just throw this in now because I probably won't get to it. I wrote her a check anonymously, signing it as cashier's checks for the money that I stole, signed, Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah. And so tried to make restitution for that. But along the way though, um, I hit, I was about 24 years old. I was in art school. I hit rock bottom. I was ready to commit suicide, uh, Mm a gal that I dated for seven years on and off. Only person that really loved me, could stand me, uh, Mm -hmm. had had it with me because I was just Mm -hmm. so out Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And um, I went to shoot hoops at this parking lot by a Catholic church, St. Edward's Catholic Church in Waterloo. Hadn't been in a Catholic church in years, right? Mm. And the ball caromed off the rim because I wasn't the greatest shot. <laughs> and I, I chased after the ball, and when I grabbed it, i looking over the ball, and I'm looking at this Catholic church, and I think, huh, I haven't been in church in years. Mm. So that was back in the day when churches were open. Yeah, yeah so right, you actually right, left right. them unlocked yeah. Yeah. so you could yeah. visit yeah. them. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I walk in, and... And I, I can't describe it other than an act of grace. I got halfway up the aisle. It was dark. Nobody was in there. And what felt like just a good holy pressure came crashing mm. down and drove me to my knees. And I'm a very worldly guy at this point. And I'm not going to cry. You know, I'm not going to yeah, break yeah. down. And I'm breaking down. And, I, and I, I remember admitting like a prayer, like, you've got to help me. I've driven this thing called life into the ditch. And I'm mm. tired of driving. You've got to take over whoever you are. And then just at that moment, this glorious music kicks on, right? In the church, I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> the angels just came. <laughs> this. Yes, you yes. Know? And I, I look back, and up in the balcony is this, like, this old 90-year-old lady. <laughs> yes, yeah, she is. Decided to play the organ. Bless the Sunday Lord event. for those
2: 90-year-old <laughs> ladies so that
3: show I, up. So I sheepishly crawl into the pew and then continue to pour out myself uh, to God, just begging him to come into my life. And wow. So then after hmm. that, what transpired was I went back to my hometown, Uh, sought out this Catholic priest that I knew, had my, what I call my first confession. And literally when he was absolving me of my sins, you hear this a lot, This incredible weight just came right off of me. I said, "Wait, Mm wait, 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 wait!" Right in the middle of absolution, and he's like, "What?" I'm like, "Something just happens.
1: This this weight
3: came off goes, that's Christ taking your sins upon Himself. Yeah, Mm yeah. 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 So then, and
1: Christ delivering you from some demons.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: I'm still fighting those. Uh, so, So I went back to Waterloo, went to St. Edward's Church where I had that conversion experience and received what I thought was my my first Holy Communion. And um, that was also a really mystical experience. Wait, explain. How's
1: it your first Holy well, Communion?
3: Well, I received Holy Communion when I was seven years old. Okay, yeah. But I really didn't know what the heck receiving that was Receiving in about. faith. But right now, yeah, I'm receiving yeah, yeah. Jesus for real.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And um, so I receive him, and boom, I could feel this burning in my chest. And before I could even get around the corner, I was weeping before I could ba- get back into my pew. And I knew that this God that I turned mm. over my
1: life to was real. Wow.
3: And so that was the beginning. And there were some circumstances before that that really led me to that experience, but um, that's it wow. in a nutshell. I, I yeah.
1: like I, I call these praise breaks where I just want to say yeah. thank you Jesus, thank you, thank Jesus. you for what you did yeah. in Devin's life. And the Lord. I love that you described Devin as as you're walking into the church. You you said like this uh, heavy pressure fell upon you, yeah. right? Like yeah. we we like to call him Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, 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 But I love that it's like as if you you as you entered into the house of God, you became the house of God. That the Holy Spirit yeah. was like, you're not so far that I'm not gonna fall on you. Mm-hmm. And the 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 Holy Spirit like was rekindled in your life as we entered into his presence. And I think that's mm-hmm. so important for anyone watching to remember, like no matter how far away we are, right? Right. That when we return into the house of God, we, we discover that we are the house of God and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is, is pleased to dwell in us. And, and yeah. that's what that the spirit of conversion fell upon you. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. and as St. Therese says, she says, I like to go to the lowest place because that's where Jesus is at.
1: Yeah, so, wa- so like the water, so the, the living the, water, the Holy Spirit always goes, yeah, water goes, goes to goes the, the lowest place.
3: place. The word condescends, he drops. He goes down to the mm-hmm. lowest spot in order to lift us up. And so whoever's in their deepest you know, darkest mm-hmm, scenario, mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. their woundedness is, whatever sinful situation they're in, mm-hmm. God's there. Yeah. yeah, And He actually wants us to go there. He wants us to revisit the wound. He wants mm-hmm. us to go there so that He can show that He's mm-hmm. enough, He's sufficient.
2: Yeah, and there, there's also within your testimony, just like the the two primary ways that I think we find at Damascus, and I've seen over my life, that the Lord works for conversion, which is through power and peace, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. That He's He's the Prince of Power, and He's the Prince of Peace. And when you when you came to Him in faith in that middle aisle, the power of the Lord was there, and it's you can't really describe it, right? Like no, so many no. that are listening today, I'm sure have that that exact type of story where it's like I don't even know how to describe it. Like yeah, like a holy weight or like a just. I don't know. Like, yeah, well, that's what like I was getting, like trying to describe when yes. like, I took that step off the that's cliff. That's right. No, no, no like, you're right. You're right. Oof. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I like, and the Holy that you Spirit that. comes yeah. in that power. Exactly. And, but the, then also the releasing that happened yeah. in confession, the peace. Like, and sometimes I think that if we've had a conversion to the Lord that's been predominantly rooted in peace, we'll question power. Or if it's happened in power, we'll question peace. Yeah. But God works in both, and yeah. they're they're both so powerful because the peace restores the part of us that's gotten wrapped up in the busyness. Right. And the power restores that part of us that feels inadequate. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. like, I'm not enough and I know it, but when Mm -hmm. I feel that, well, this is enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just actually want to
1: take a pause because I think the Lord just wants to bless some people right now. Um, if, you're, if you feel there's a lot on you and you mm-hmm. want something lifted off, I think the Lord just wants to deliver you right now. So Jesus, we just turn to you and we just pray in the name of Jesus, freedom mm-hmm. and healing right now. That anything that's weighing people down to that anxiety, that depression, that brokenness, that self-hatred would just be lifted off of them mm-hmm. right now, Jesus. And that the Prince of Peace would fall upon them. And Lord, I pray as, as Devin was sharing his stories, we were talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit into our bodies to make us living temples. If there was someone who was just crying out, I just picture someone as specifically a, a mother who was, was like, man, I want to experience that, but you haven't experienced it yet. I just invite you to get on your knees right now. And Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would come, come, mm-hmm. come Holy Spirit, come in power, come in power and fill.
2: Yeah, we also want to pray for anyone who's feeling like they're floating through life mm. aimless, that the power of the Lord can anchor. And so, mm-hmm. Lord, we pray that you would you would anchor people into the words that will be spoken during this podcast today, and that 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 would be a conduit for your power to flow. That we mm. could we could be anchored, Lord, in your truth and in your goodness. Yeah, in Jesus amen. Name. He is only one of four popes honored as the Great.
1: Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors
2: of the Church. St. Leo I was pope at a time when Roman civilization was being overrun by barbarian armies. He stood as a light in the darkness
0: and even saved the city of Rome from destruction by Attila and the Huns. Leo died in 461. To find out more, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. Marcus Grody and his son, John Mark, talk about the journey home. How do I feel about
3: passing the baton to my son? I I am very excited about that.
1: It's weird to be stepping into my dad's role here. I'm humbled and honored, obviously, by the privilege and by his confidence in EWTN's
2: and the audiences. In some sense, this is something I've been around all my life. The journey continues
0: on The Journey Home, Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on EWTN Radio and Television. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio. On Saint Gabriel Catholic Radio.
1: All right, Kevin. Um, Kevin, I'm sorry, <laughs> Devin. You know uh, who I am. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what if we just started? What if, what if we're we just, good friends? <laughs> no, no, this is actually I've funny. <laughs> <for 12. laughs> Two hours. Ago. What if? What if we just changed each other's name throughout the podcast, just like oh, regular? Yeah, yeah, just started uh, calling whatever. Great uh, uh, idea, yes, John. Uh, let's uh, keep going. Actually, thanks, Bernie. Is your real name. Yes, it actually. Yeah, your first yeah. name is John. So now, now it's ruined. As everyone knows, this is, is actually really John Bradley. Yeah, yeah. So not Kevin, but
1: Devin. Yeah, actually, the reason I was thinking that was because I, I interviewed just recently Dr. Kevin uh, Vost, and he had a conversion from atheism in 2004, and he wrote his first Catholic book like in 2004, so Whoa. from conversion— to Applestock Mission right away, and it was kind of like, "Whoa, that's nuts!" So I was like, <laughs> as you were ending prayer, I was thinking, like, uh, I was going to make the joke, "Oh, just like Kevin, you probably wrote your book <laughs> right, like, right away uh, because you've produced some incredible content for the mm-hmm. for the church from the Lord." And uh, and we'll get into that some of the content you've built. But how did you get to the place from? Okay, post conversion, now you're a father of five, right? <laughs> and yeah. and you're you're ministering uh, in the church. I, I think as a prophet, as a teacher, just bringing wisdom. H- how did you? To go from this conversion moment to a life of mission?
3: Yeah. So I got married, um, not probably for altruistic reasons, but I really did love her. But, yeah. um, you mm-hmm. know, we started having children, started growing a family. And my third daughter, Anna Marie, was born at 28 weeks premature. So, mm. wow, um, 28 weeks. 28 weeks. So she was substantial. small. Substantial. Like, yeah. I mean, like her leg was like the size of my index finger. Wow. So, super wow. small. Yeah. And um, so she spent a month in a neonatal intensive care unit. And then came back home and within five days, she spiked a fever and she was having trouble breathing. So we took her back to the hospital, but we had to admit her to the pediatric unit. And Mm. they had, in this hospital, they had never, you know, taken care of a baby that small before. Well, through nurse neglect, um, she contracted RSV. And Mm. so um, it's a a cold that attacks premature infants' lungs and can Mm. kill them. Mm. Well, Mm. there was nurse neglect, about 11 hours of apnea, and then if she oh. suffered a hypoxic event, not if oxygen was transmitted to her brain. So <clears throat> they flew her out, Medivac team flew her out to a children's hospital two hours away. By that time, she suffered three clinical death experiences, of permit brain injury. And while I was there, um, I was reading, I, my, my mm-hmm. friend who was a doctor, he's like, you just got to grab some clothes, you got to grab a book to read, because you're going to be in the hospital for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I just grabbed a book off a shelf, and it was St. Trez's Story of a Soul, and I'm like Saint Therese. (laughs) I picked a girl's book about roses. Isn't this about little flowers or something? Sugar coated saint. And I met some of her fans one time. These women were coming out with uh, (laughs) some roses coming into churches. I was leaving, and I was like, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" don't you know anything? It's St. Therese's feast day. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be St. Therese's fan. Yeah. I'm not in that club. You know, yeah. You're arrogant. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just so, so I'm starting to read this book and I'm watching the respirator, you know, breathe from my daughter. She's coding out. The doctors are coming in, resuscitating her. And, and I get to this part where Therese refers to her papa as her king. Mm. And I'm like, I want that, you know? So I remember turning to Louis, you know, Louis Martin and just saying, I want you to be my mentor. You wow. know? And then a lot of things transpired after that. But my wife, in the midst I was in youth ministry, as a youth director, I was in the process of starting my own business. I was actually the lead art director for a, a company doing set design for Fox News and stuff. And I was just everywhere but at home. And so when my wife mm-hmm. saw Anna mm-hmm. Marie on life support and she did not look like Anna Marie anymore, you know, she's swollen on Lasix and everything. She started crying. She said, I just need you to come home and be a dad. I need you to come home and be a father and a husband. And that was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, I thought mm-hmm. I was. Oh, and, yeah. and then I realized the difference. The difference was I was a placeholder. I was just kind of checking the box. Mm-hmm. And I was living my life for my own personal glory, doing this Fox News set, a Lund's cooking show on PBS, trying to start my own business, youth director, big man on campus, all that. But I realized I'm not really doing my job. Mm-hmm. So then that led me into realizing that my primary vocation, that's where we get to vocation comes from that Latin word, vox, which means voice. Mm -hmm. The voice of the Lord is through our vocation and the God's calling. And Mm -hmm. he was calling Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. to be a father on earth, like the father in heaven, like Mm -hmm. St. Joseph. Mm -hmm. And so it was a struggle because I really... Did not want to do that. I mean, my wife was like, mm-hmm. "I need you to." And man, I'm like at home, and I'm like trying to help out, and I'm helping out with the kids, and I don't even know what it means to be a father. I don't even mm-hmm. know what it really means to be a real husband. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't for encountering the theology mm-hmm. of the body early on, I would have been dead on the water mm-hmm. because I was a lustful man trapped inside my lust, loving my wife like the, as though she was an object, even though I did love her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had no idea of self giving love. And so it was encountering mm-hmm. theology by during that time, going through all this chaos. I also had cancer, thought I was going to die, lose it all. And then on top of it, I lost my job. And and I had $90,000 worth of hospital bills and not a... Dollar in my bank account, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so most people will like
1: <laughs> reference like maybe one of those tragedies in your life, right? And you're just like, well, I got them all, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so that yeah. sounds it's and that was like short too. Joe, Jobo- <laughs> yeah, you're short. you got no, you you're like, getting man, bullied. I got Still. everything. <laughs> 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 I got
2: fired from my job, and then my balls punched Come me and on. gave me a swirly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sorry. and they gave me the wrong sandwich at the drive thru yeah. and uh, I'll tell you what, it was really. <laughs> Do you want my life? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, okay so if you've
1: ever been like have i met joe yes we've met Job. uh, i have a friend actually yeah yeah. (laughs) i have a friend Uh, who named their their son joe and i was like why'd you do that you want him to be your patron saint Uh, but i guess uh, it makes sense okay so this is actually i'm sorry i'm laughing at your misfortune this is this is pretty substantial moment in your life i do think
2: it's powerful though to to just attest to the Mm. fact that like and, and now you're saying it like smiling yeah. because there's something, right? There's something that obviously transcended that, was, right? And I think, like, because I was even taken aback as I was listening to you not to let myself just fall into follow the story so I can ask the follow up question. It's like, those are real things that happened. Yeah. And you lived through them. And I'm sure at the time, the first response wasn't like the goodness of God, probably. But now, like, just as you reflect and tell the story, I think it's just, it's a cool note and mm-hmm. that there's, there's something to it. It's about 20 years ago, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that it's important that we realize that, um, and I'm gonna talk about this tonight, but um, mm-hmm. that God wants to perfect us Okay, he doesn't just want us to live like you were saying these mm-hmm. comfortable lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, like mm-hmm. you look at Bilbo, right? Yeah, Bilbo. He wants to hang out in the Hobbit, the Hobbit hole. He yeah. he likes his cheeses. He likes mm-hmm. his beer. I I like my beer too. I like my bourbon, right? Yeah, and I want to remain at home. But Bilbo, he's thrust out on the mission to take on the dragon, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's what we all have to do. And and I think that Jesus, you know, is is pushed out. God's pushed out by God into mm-hmm. the desert, yeah. mm-hmm. but. It's precisely after God says, you are my beloved son. With you, I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Jesus is like, he's teaching us. He's saying, yep. look, when you know that God is your father, he is sufficient. Mm-hmm. And when God says to you, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, are mine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm willing to be tested yep. because I know I can trust you that you want to perfect me. Mm-hmm. This isn't to punish me. Mm-hmm. Or if it is a punishment, it's only to perfect me. Mm-hmm. So he, it's tested to be perfected. Mm-hmm. So all those things in my life, I look back and say test after test after test. He's only trying to perfect me. He's Mm -hmm. a good father. It's taken me a long time to get there. Mm -hmm. But I think this is the key. Like you look at Romans 8. Paul is talking about, hey, we'll be co-inheritors with Christ of the kingdom, provided that we suffer with Christ. But he says, those who live by the Spirit do what? Call God. Father. Abba. Yeah. Abba. Mm -hmm. And so this Mm -hmm. is a turning point for me in prayer, because I was like, Oh, God, all yeah. divine, I submit to you. Yeah, right. Oh, Jesus, right, right, thou art right, perfect right, right, and holy. Right, right. And then finally, I got to this point where I'm like, no, Abba, I need yeah. a father. Yeah. I need you. And I'm crying out. And you notice Jesus in the garden, he is being tested. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm, has mm-hmm. to go forward in his mission. This is runner remain time for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what happens? He cries out, Abba, Father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is proof that you are a son of God. Yeah. It a test that you can still trust that God is your Abba, your Father, your Daddy. And actually, in the Hebrew word, that Abba doesn't mean just Daddy. It means this submission, this filial mm-hmm, submission mm-hmm, of tenderness mm-hmm. to the Father.
1: Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. amen. Yeah, I think there's an important note there of just like Jesus's mission, right? That, that Jesus, obviously, He came to earth for so many reasons that we could talk about endlessly. But <clears throat> certainly one of them was to reveal the Father. That for the longest time, God was this. Well, isn't it funny that when we look at Scripture, what are the last words in the Old Testament? It's from it's from Micah, four hundred years before Jesus, and Micah says that the Lord is speaking that He's going to return fathers to their sons and sons back to their fathers. Language, yeah, right. And then what happens in the New Testament? First thing in the New Testament, Gospel of Matthew, genealogy.
3: Well, well, and not only revealing that, a, the first, a fatherly. Time, first time God speaks in the New Testament through the angel Gabriel, sure. Zachariah, sure. he says, he will turn the hearts of fathers right. toward their children, the hearts of incredulous towards the yes. just. Yep. And this is cool because you think... Connection Micah. It just, yeah, it's a repeat. It's mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. word for word yep. that this is the mission of the father. Mm-hmm. He wants to turn hearts of fathers toward their children. Mm-hmm. But get this, there's a little play there. Yes, toward Jesus Christ. Yes, toward the father but the hearts of the doubting, the incredulous toward mm-hmm. the just. Who mm-hmm. is the just? Who is the just man? Mm-hmm. Jesus. St. Joseph.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so St. Right Joseph is the father of the just yes. man well, who raises the justice, the just one. Well, and that's the mystery of that, right? Is that St. Joseph is 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 that insofar as he represents Jesus. It's the same reason yeah. the Immaculate Conception happened because Jesus died on the cross. like Like the grace that transcends from Jesus so that po- was living the, the in the Joseph.
3: Point, the point is, is that... God is revealing his mission of fatherhood in all of this. Hmm, He's hmm, saying hmm. the father wants to reveal himself through the son and there's an intermediary in here and guess who it is, Hmm. this humble hidden carpenter, St.
1: Joseph who will be the icon Hmm. of God the father. I just feel like I should grab some popcorn and just sit back and listen to you too. This is, this is actually, how, Sorry. this is how our lunch was. <laughs> <laughs> you see you guys like back and no, forth. No, like no, no, I'm like, this is, this is so good. And I just, I, you know, um, <laughs> when, when I hear that, when I hear the the name father now, um, something happens inside of me. And, uh, and I, I just, I think the Lord, if you're listening, I think the Lord wants the name father to be so precious in your heart. Right. That like, as you just like, I I feel like as you, as you said, you spoke Abba father, Devin, just like Holy spirit came upon me. And I was just like, man, I just love him so much. And to be able to call him Mm -hmm. dad and to know that he's our dad, even like, even, even in the the lowest moments and even in, in the, Mm -hmm. the areas of uncertainty that like he has made himself father. And you guys were talking really fast. I'm not sure if I followed all that theology, but I liked the li- where it was going and it was really awesome. And we're going to break that open. But just the, the beauty of the simple fact that um, going back to your story, like the what you went through and the brokenness in so many ways, it mm-hmm. ultimately led you to this deep, intimate relationship with the father. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: I remember, um, Mm -hmm. a a friend of mine paid for me to go on a trip to Medjugorje and I know it's controversial place and all that. But, Mm -hmm. um, while I was there, um, I remember, I I think we're in Dubrovnik and there was this, um, painting of the last supper and Judas was leaving Mm -hmm. and I turned to my friend and I said, man, I think that's me. And here I've had my conversion in 1996. This is 2003 or to, you know, somewhere in there, what mm-hmm. the heck is wrong with me? Yeah. Why? Because I had a massive father mm. wound. And I want to speak to that because I think that most people in our culture— have a massive father wound because the human father is meant to be the icon of God the Father, mm-hmm. the representative of godly authority in their life, of fatherly mm-hmm. love, tenderness, affection, approval. But mm-hmm. many people mm-hmm. have this huge wound in their heart because their father wasn't that to them and did not transmit God the Father's love to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And so the, the work that we have to do as a church is to get people around that, ide- that, that, mm-hmm. that wound and say, no, there is one who wants to fill it. And how do we know? Because mm-hmm. Jesus, as a representative the Father, says, This is how much I love you. Yeah. I'm willing to yeah. bleed out.
0: Yep,
2: yep.
3: I am willing to pour myself out. And the fact is that I'm the son who says yes to the Father's love so mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I will undergo what you were supposed to undergo mm-hmm. to have that relationship with Him. Yeah. He so, wants to be our Father, you know? Yeah,
2: that's really good. That's <clears> really good. And it, well, the, the theology you were mentioning earlier, the reason I was wrestling is because I, I, I love. I love the story of St. Joseph, and, and it's, I've often reflected on St. Joseph in light of being entrusted with fathering Jesus on earth. And to what degree did Joseph teach Jesus, and to what degree did Jesus teach Joseph so that Joseph became the perfect father for us? Mm-hmm. Because I think Jesus came as the perfect representation of the Father. That, that's what I, I think at least one of his missions was, I do nothing apart from what I see the Father doing. That's what Jesus said, that, that he's totally, totally dependent and obedient to the Father. St. Joseph fathers Jesus on earth, and as they walk together in that relationship between Father and Son, I, I'm sure he taught Jesus so many things, right? Like h- how to build a table. Like th- th- they depict these things well sometimes in in like images and stained glass, or even on like um, the chosen or like things like that. They'll depict Joseph teaching Jesus these things, but then Jesus representing the heavenly Father perfectly is teaching Saint Joseph how to be the model father for us. I think, and again, I, I would love your oh, yeah. feedback on that, because as you were saying that, like, who does the Lord mean by the just? I think you're right. I think he does it's mean book, Joseph, yeah. exactly. And <clears throat> in, in, in insofar as all of us, like, as we look more like Christ, we reveal the Father more. That's the connection I'm trying to draw, is saying Joseph became an amazing model for us because he saw up close and personal the perfect revelation of the Father, mm-hmm. even in his imperfection, like, even in his... I, I, you know, like maybe his like ordinariness, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think
3: the key word here would be dependence. So Joseph sees God dependent on him, which makes Joseph even more dependent on God, the father. And so when, and you look at this with your own own children, a big kind of epiphany for me was when I saw my children, how dependent they were upon me. And then it made me more dependent on God the Father to say, I got to come through for them, please. Yep. And so you've got the greatest mission on earth, really, to raise the Son of God, right? And so Joseph, he is dependent. And in uh, that dependence, it's the Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 principle, is that in my weakness I am I'm strong. strong. Why? Because I'm dependent on God, and when I'm dependent on God, he fills me with himself, and then I'm powerful.
1: You guys are great, <laughs> so you're going to hate me, because I think the power is in your testimony. And, yeah. and like this theology is incredible, <laughs> well, Right but this this yeah. theology is actually it's been lived and manifested in your life devin and what our mm-hmm. world is starving for yeah, is witnesses right mm-hmm. like uh, the we've got like we have great teachings mm-hmm. uh, what's the witness like what did you go through <clears throat> in this moment of like like you were broken and you mm-hmm. were in like things were falling apart and now you have uh, your your daughter is is um mm-hmm. she has all of these special needs that you have to care for in these last 20 years what has the Lord done in your fatherhood to teach you who God the Father is?
3: Yeah, well, um, gosh, I mean, really it begins with a blessed mother. So um, so when I had cancer, um, oh man, it's such a long story. I don't think we can even get into it. Yeah. the bottom line is, is that I went through this ordeal where I really consecrated myself to her and trusted myself to her. And then she was like, let me introduce you to St. Joseph. And so when I, in yeah. that process yep. of going back and you know, my wife's saying, why don't you, I need you to go home. And, and that's what happened in Medjugorje. So I'm wrestling with this hiddenness, being this dad, being this husband, I don't know how to do it. And then I end up with the translator, Father Yozo, who's leading kind of our pilgrimage. And I explained, mm-hmm. I go, man, I got this burning desire to serve the Lord, mm-hmm. but I just mm-hmm. don't know how. And she says, do you have a wife? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you don't want to marry me, do you? You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you can't me. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going <laughs> No. <laughs> so, so she's like, you married? Yeah, I'm married. She goes, you have children? Yeah, I got three. She goes, go home, be St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who's St. Joseph? You know, I mean, I kind of heard of St. Joseph, kind of knew about him a little bit, but I'm like, okay. So in yeah. the process of constantly myself to Our Lady, it was like, now let me introduce you to him. And so I literally, I carved out space in my old attic, mm. made a chapel, and I just started praying. And then it was like I was on download, and I'd receive like kind of like scriptures that were inspired that led me to St. Joseph. And then pretty soon, I'm like, I need to write a book to myself um, on fatherhood just so I can capture this. Kind of theological vision of fatherhood, not yep. the witness. And, uh, so, <laughs> so the, and we're going to get there. Love
1: the theology. <laughs> but the grace is you know, released right. through the person, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So, so, so then I write Joseph's Way, which was a letter to myself, trying to compare Joseph to the patriarchs and get all these lessons and all yep. this stuff. Yep. And then what happened was a friend sent the manuscript to a publicist without me knowing. Who sent it to Ignatius Press and Ignatius Press calls me up and says, Hey, we want to publish your book and mm. I actually said no because mm. we had founded a Saint Joseph chapter. I thought it was gonna be like seven guys and I wanted to just give them the book for free, you yeah. know, just so we could study it. And uh, then it just kinda of did possible just before.
0: This is Bob Grappi, General Manager of Divine Mercy Radio in Melbourne, Florida. Catholic Radio has been providing Catholics and others solid ground in these particularly troubling times with news including threats to our culture, situational on-air counseling, apologetics for Catholics and others, and biblical teaching for growth and holiness. Catholic Radio is not just radio, it's radio that makes a difference. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever.
3: By providing quality programming faithful to the teachings of the Catholic Church, EWTN is television that viewers can trust. Whether it's films, documentaries, news coverage, lively discussion shows, or kids' programs, we highlight the truth that is the eternal word. For a complete schedule of EWTN television programs, visit EWTN.com
2: and click TV. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network.
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.
2: The question that I want to ask is like, when you look at St. Joseph and the way that he approached vocation, I think that's important to how you're teaching vocation because I think some people could listen to our podcast today and say, see, I knew it was vocation. I'm going to keep focusing on my family. Like, um, I'll give one little thing and I want to hear you is like when, when Nina and I, my, my wife now, uh, when we started dating, I remember the advice was like, well, you only date for a little while. So focus on each other for a little bit, you know, because you only get that for a little while. Then we got engaged and it was like, well, focus on each other for a little bit because you'll, you'll never get those that time back. Oh, your first two years of marriage, that's a really special time. Focus on hmm. each other for a little while. We haven't had kids just yet, but I'm presuming the next <laughs> word of advice is, hey, you're never going to get that first kid back. Yeah. So focus on each other for a little while, you know? Yeah. And then by the time you know it, you're 60 years old, and all you've done is focus on each other for a little while. And St. Joseph, I think the entire time, hmm. had that picture that Jesus was going to do something amazing and that he was called to love Mary and Jesus, but also also like serve the, the greater vision of God through... His life outside that. Anyway, I wonder what you would think about the way he approached vocation, because Mm -hmm. again, I I can almost be um, quick to reserve myself from vocational conversation because I think it's become an idol, but I would Mm -hmm. love to hear what you think.
3: Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a a great question. It's a tough question. I think Joseph's response is really key to it all, is that um, as St. Bernard, St. Thomas, Aquinas, St. Augustine say, when he discovered Mary pregnant without his cooperation, it wasn't that he suspected Mary of adultery, and we can get into that. I'm going to talk about yeah, that tonight sure, a little sure. bit, but it's like Peter's response, depart from me from a sinful man. Oh, I can't he, do this. He did not think he was worthy. Yeah. And I think that when we approach vocation, whether it's marriage, the priesthood, or consecrated sure, single sure. life, whatever that vocation is, it's, Lord, depart from me because I'm not worthy. And, and mm. I think that you'll find the greatest leaders are those who didn't sign up for the job. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I notice that all the time, there's these people who are just like plucked out you, you, God picks them, but they weren't like, and uh, St. Augustine comments on us, I just read a homily where the Lord is like, he's like, Lord, I'll go wherever you go. And he says, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And you're like, okay, what's that mean? And, and Augustine says that that guy, he was like a fox and mm-hmm. he was so excited to serve the Lord that it was a he was, he was mm, beguiling. Fox mm. is clever. And his, he was like a nest up in the air because he's self-exaltation. Yeah, yeah. And so sometimes we seek after, like you're saying, yep. vocation is a trophy of self-exaltation or beguiling. What can I get out yes, of it? Yes. And whereas Joseph is like, not what I can get out of it, but man, do I have enough to give? Good. And so whatever vocation you are looking at, it's like, do I have enough? Yes, you do with the Lord, but do I have enough to give? And when you approach the Lord that way, Lord, I'm really not worthy of marriage. I'm not worthy of the priesthood. I'm not worthy of the consecrated life, being a sister, whatever it is, you approach it, you put that in the Lord's hands. He's going, I'm going to make you worthy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you probably know that, but the only other place that verb's found where it says that the Son of Man has no place to rest his head, that verb is only used one other time in the Gospels. It's used when Jesus bows his head and breathes his last. Because the way where you find it is where you lay your life down. But
1: you said something interesting when we were talking earlier, Devin, about. Why our ministry is growing so fast? We have uh, just uh, with Catholic Youth Summer Camp, we just have um, this massive, explosive growth, and I think there's there's a lot of parents who, uh, of our campers who are good and faithful parents who send their kids, and they're praying every day as a family. They're raising their children in virtue, and and, and, and what they're finding at Catholic Youth Summer Camp is that faith awakening moment. So that it's that it's a tag team approach that um, while everything is, is, is in order and healthy at home. There also is that witness that they find from a, a second authority that awakens the faith uh, in their child, which is such a gift. But you mentioned that it's also that, um, what well, do you want to share? Do you remember no, what it go, was? No, go ahead. You just shared that, there was, that there's fathers have the responsibility to form their children and priests have the responsibility to form the children, mm. and they don't want to do it. And so they're just passing them on to us to try to do it. And mm. do you want to speak a little bit into that? Yeah, yeah.
3: So um, I, I
1: really believe back to the Malachi chapter 4, verse 6
3: scripture, and then also, you know, the, turning the hearts of the fathers toward their children, that idea. Mm-hmm. God's plan is for society go by the way of the family, because the family is the icon of the Trinity, that Trinitarian love, and the family goes by the way of the Father. So if a father really loves his wife properly, if he lays down his life, if he assumes mm-hmm, his charitable mm-hmm. authority, Right, that domestic church is going to become an icon of Trinity that just spills over not only his own family, his neighbors, his parish, etc. The problem we have today is that, sorry, guys out there, but we're so distracted. We have so many responsibilities. We're so beaten down by the world. We don't think that we have any—we really don't have any confidence that we're giving up on the spiritual life. And so we say, well, you know what? I don't have enough time for that. That's kind of secondary anyway. I've got to make a living. So guess what? Father so-and-so can do it. The mm-hmm. CCD program can do that. And mom all the while is saying, gosh, we really got to do this. And so then she sees something like the mask and she's like, this is the answer, right? Mm-hmm. Or youth group, that's the answer. Youth group hasn't worked. We tried that for 40 years. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this. It's like a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. Yep. What you're doing is working. It's working really well. However, we got to get to dads too. Because, yeah. because the problem is that's a gaping hole in society. And this can do good, but it can only sustain it so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ship is tanking if dads don't get involved.
1: Well, and, and when kid has faith awakening, all they want to go home to is is, is a dad who's going to under, like, yeah. be able to so, take that and run with it.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like, how
1: did you encounter Jesus? Like, how did the father mm-hmm. speak to you? How, so like, this. let's go to mass on Sunday. This is
3: amazing because they gain what they taste is perhaps the Lord's approval and being chosen by him at your Mm -hmm. camp. And then they go into this dynamic and they're saying, look at this dad. And the dad as the image of the father doesn't approve it Mm. or ignores it next. Oh, that's nice.
1: Or sadly, just doesn't even understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. good, good. And so
3: what does that kid do with all that? It's like, Oh my gosh, I just had this experience where I feel chosen. I feel approved, but it's not meshing with the fact that I'm not approved. I'm not chosen. And this decision is not either. And so this, this is, you know, you go back, go back through history, World War Two, World War One. how mm-hmm. men mm-hmm. have just become mm-hmm. numb and mm-hmm. callous yep. and cold and, and all this radical feminism. You could go down the line with all this, but mm-hmm. the men are wounded. Yep. And if we don't get the men back, we're not getting the families back. If we don't get families back, we're not going to get the church back. Yep. If we don't get the mm-hmm. church, we're not going to convert yeah. the yeah. world. Well, yep. What would our Amen. ministry
2: look like if all of the kids... Had fathers that would bless in that way. We we could teach the gospels differently. You could go further, faster. There's no question because I think apostolates will always have a place in the church. I think that those apostolates should always be supplemental to yeah. the life that you're talking yeah. it about. It
3: just it, it kind of though is great though because now you have the answer to the Achilles heel, which is the father wound. So mm-hmm. it's almost reverse. Now that's where you can apply your energy with youth, is like most of them. Yeah. I mean, it's like, look, yeah. you're looking for the love of God the Father. Yep. And we know that this is what you're yearning for probably you yeah. don't have
1: it. Well, and what's so powerful is it's not the it's not even that we are providing the love of the father, it's that we are teaching them how to pray so that they hear yeah, the voice go. of the father. And that's that's the radical. It, it used to be in our early years of ministry mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, 2003, mm-hmm. 4, 5, campers would come on stage and it was and it felt so good, right? It felt so good. <laughs> but I, I'd be I was the young Dan, the campers would come on stage and be like, "Oh my gosh, I just encountered Jesus." When Dan was talking to me, right? <laughs> I encountered Jesus when yeah, Amber yeah. gave me that hug and I encountered, because they were so starved for the father's yeah. love and they were encountering the father's love in mm-hmm. us. It, it, I love it because we get thousands of campers now and we don't hear that in their testimonies almost ever. It's I encountered the love of Jesus when the Eucharist came in, I encountered the love of Jesus. When, mm-hmm. when I heard the father speak to me mm-hmm. in prayer that they they're encountering God, through God, yeah, <laughs> as right. opposed to encountering God through broken vessels, and and mm-hmm. that it it is there is one answer to mm-hmm. that father wound is that we can be the we can be the love that they so de- desperately need. But he, I think the magic that's happening here is there are no superstars. It's simply mm-hmm. all of us mm-hmm. pointing like lifting Oriented. Jesus high, mm-hmm. and it's all sacramental. It's the Mass, and mm-hmm. it's it, it's it's adoration, it's worship. And then fundamentally teaching them how to hear the voice of the father and all of that. It's like the heavens open and they hear, this is my beloved child with whom I'm well pleased. Mm -hmm. And the critical moment when they get picked up from camp, that's what, as you said, that's what they're longing for from their parent. They want to hear their dad. It doesn't matter if you understand their experience, if you have all the answers to the faith, all they want to hear is, you're my beloved child with whom I'm well pleased. It's That's not a theological, you don't need to know everything. <laughs> that is a love statement. It's a love statement. And that's what the child needs. But even
2: that comes from a, a wound, right? We feel like we have to know everything. Yeah. One, one of the fallen elements of man in the 21st century is that we're not fascinated anymore. Mm. We're not fascinated. Like I should be fascinated by that child. Mm-hmm. Something changed about you. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. But I get so wrapped up in my own woundedness and my own busyness and my own exhaustion that I'm not fascinated. I could find a better answer on Google. I can disprove your experience on Google in 30 seconds. It's like, I guess, maybe, kind of, but to be fascinated with what's happening in front of me. Like to be just fascinated. Like, even if it is a a young person with not the best language around what they experienced, even if they don't know how to conceptualize what they experienced, even if it's outside of what they experienced and they got so excited that they added a couple things to it, it's like, I should be fascinated by that. Yeah.
3: So, so back based on just what you both have brought to the table there, there's a big difference between accepting your child and choosing your child. Yeah. So, I can accept my child. I can like live with my child. Hey, you know, cereal's in the cupboard. Like you a know? coexistence. Yeah, yeah, we can coexist. And how would you like it if that's what God did to you? show up, pearly gates, Jesus says, come on in. Hey, remote's on the table, Netflix yeah. on demand, beers in the fridge. We'll kind of be around. Peter, James, and John and I, we're going down to the pub. Yeah, yeah. Sleep tight. Good luck. And you're like, wait a minute, I want to be chosen, right? Yeah. And and that's what a kid wants. A kid doesn't want us to walk by them and say, hey, got school day? Okay, great. No, the kid wants us... Whether they like it or not, they deep down want this. They want us to sit down, stop, look, and listen. And because that's what we want from God. And when you stop, look, and listen, Mm -hmm. you're fascinated. When yep. you stop, look, and listen, you answer the call of the heart, and it's super simple. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. Right. You don't have to know anything. Yep. All you have to do is know that this person is the most important person in my presence right now. Yeah. And I tell you, this has made all the difference in my life with my children. Yep. Stop, look, and listen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's that simple.
2: Probably yep. with your marriage, with your oh my wife, gosh. right? Yeah. Because they're, they're, <laughs> <my wires> <laughs> no, well, they're... But that's an inexhaustible mystery, too. Oh, it's it like, is an like yeah, is oh, mystery. <laughs> even, like mystery. Because even the people here, like, I just do think that, like you mentioned phones earlier Dan and again I don't want to demonize all technology cuz I think we can use it in evangelistic purposes that being said it is important for us to recognize where our attention's being diverted yep. because i like Dan and Devin, in this conversation, you guys know so much more than I do in so many areas. Okay. Like in so many areas, and it's, and it's no, real. Go along, We're way smarter I'm like, wait, is, there, the is, moment, is that, that false? Yeah.
1: Like <laughs> but,
2: but no. But the moment I'm sniffing it out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Seriously though, but the moment that I step to the plate and think that I'm, I only need to give here and and not receive in the true sense of receiving. Like as a father, I'm receiving from my children to the degree that I give. That's the mystery of it, right? That when I give my presence and my attention to this conversation, I walk away better.
3: And the key though is, is when we give and we don't receive back and that's Christ on the cross, like all of his followers gone, Yeah, yeah, Some, yeah several yeah, women yeah. at the foot, one guy who was a follower, he's getting nothing back. Yes. You know, it, and so that's fatherhood.
2: Yeah. And he only gets it back in eternity, right? Cause, he, yeah. get, cause he gets you and me sa-
3: that's, saved. That's marriage. Long term. That's marriage. Yes. You're not getting anything back in this moment. Immediately. I'm in, it, I'm in right. for the long haul. No, call. right. And, and when, and this, I believe this, hmm. when a wife understands that her husband is willing to sacrifice himself, his arrogance, his demeaning comments, hmm. the fact that he's always right, whatever yeah, it is right. in that moment. Save us, Lord. Yeah. She is going to ultimately respond to that sacrificial love. Sacrificial love wins the day every day. It begets yeah. itself. Yeah. Ultimately. I love it.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I, one of the things you mentioned, the difference between acceptance and chosen, I think this is... Um, Jesus chose, yeah, that moment of come follow me so important. And he saw the destiny of Peter when Peter didn't see his own destiny and like getting on our knees and actually praying for our own wife and children, like father, show me my, my son's destiny, show me my daughter's destiny. And it's so that, that the father actually has this role to almost call out the destiny within the child that when the child is not measuring up to the father's greatness inside of them to challenge them and to correct them. the discipline comes forth from that that I mean like when I discipline my son, it's not like mm. you messed up. it's like like Giovanni, I, I know who you're called to be and this isn't who you're called to be that when you see their destiny and help them see it, with them, it's that, that moment of calling them yeah, into the church. Yeah, the father reproves
2: who he loves. Yeah. He, but he loves. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the primary there is loves. He reproves yeah. who he loves.
3: Yeah, let's uh, simplify. You know, when you think about your kid's destiny, like for me, that'd be like really hard to, you know, like I'd seek the father's face and wonder, okay, but I think that Jesus says, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. So the key is is if I receive my child as though they're Christ mm-hmm. and I see, see that they're not just this kid, they're going to be in full maturity as Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. When I receive a child as Christ, that child is going to be more likely to receive Christ himself.
1: Yeah. Amen. That's so that's the key.
3: So the key is Mm -hmm. all about receptivity and choosing. And then I've got a one-up because my kid's love tank is full. And my kid's saying, Man, my dad gets on his knees and he worships someone bigger than him. Mm -hmm. I want to know who that is because my dad is cool. My dad loves me. My tank is full. I want to be even full. I want to do great things the confidence comes from that kind of fatherly love. Yeah. Yeah. So a father, he gives his child competence and confidence.
1: Mm -hmm. Amen. That's awesome. Great confidence. All right. So sadly we have to wrap up Um, the, so just to kind of summarize, because I think the spirituality of St. Joseph is so valuable that you mentioned it's embracing silence, embracing woman, embracing the child and embracing charitable authority. And um, if they, if, The listeners of today's podcast want to learn more about that and to read your works in the spirituality of St. Joseph. How can they find it?
3: Uh, Fathersofstjoseph.org. So Fathersofstjoseph.org.
1: Awesome. Fathersofstjoseph.org. You heard it here. I really encourage it. It's some of the, the best men's ministry I've ever seen. Do you recommend it for women as well?
3: Um, you believe it or not, uh, priests give out, show us the father. Uh, it's a popular style book to women in the confessional to deal with the father wound. So, okay, yeah. So that one, is that like, another one of your books? Yeah, show yeah, us the father. Yes. P- bishops have been handing out to dads, um, mm-hmm. like in bulk. Yes. Uh, show us yeah. the father. Yeah. Well, he, the father. If, if you've seen me, yeah, you've seen dad, the father. Yeah.
1: Nice. Praise yeah. the Lord. Um, Devin, this has been a great conversation. So this is our first ever beyond Damascus speaker series. So we brought Devin here. He's going to preach to our uh, community. Well, we've had speaker series, in the past, but we we've now we've, we've rebranded it to beyond Damascus speaker series. And so, uh, but the tonight you're going to be speaking about St. Joseph, the terror of demons, which Mm -hmm. is just really exciting. And you've been listening to beyond Damascus, a show where encounter meets mission. I want to challenge you not just to consume our content and, uh, but to share our content that we want you to to be able to, if this episode blessed you, think of a man in your life that would be blessed mm-hmm. by this episode. Um, and, and especially men, if you're listening right now, share it with another man, right? Because we all know the moms are going to share it with their husbands, right? But, but it, there's something powerful about a man sharing it with a man. And so I really want to encourage word. you uh, to do that. Not so that we get more views, not so that we get more likes, but so that we change more lives. And mm-hmm. you're called to be a part of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Join us next week on Beyond Damascus. God bless you.
0: Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.